All right, everyone. Uh, welcome again to another No Gear Required podcast. I have here with me Jay, as always, his brother Mike. And I have, uh, to me, an old friend and a very good friend that I know him for quite some time. And I was able to follow a lot of his stories. And uh, he was able also to see myself and my brothers growing up the time we arrived here. Uh, Christian Conrad, welcome, man. Thank Thanks you. for being here. It's good to be here. Uh, I want you guys to hear a lot of his stories and and he will be able to share some of, not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's we have to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let me start asking you this. Christian, you know that your father, Robert Conrad, and even back in Brazil as a kid, that show that to me in Brazil was the biggest one was Wild Wild West. And I think it, the amazing thing was like a, a James Bond in a horseback. Yeah. This is how they defined that. Yeah. That was so yeah. cool. Espionage, science fiction, such an early times. Like, man, what, what was that? What, like, they, what they did was the James Bond series, the the movies were doing great. And so they said, look, we're going to take James Bond and put him in the West. And then uh, the show, The Twilight Zone, was really big, too. So the first episode of Wild West wasn't like this fight show, wasn't as much action. It was more like kind of mystery theater stuff. And I got the, got the part. And then the producer died. And um, it was the first year. And so he had no boss. Now, he was real frustrated because he was a martial artist. He had been, he was an amateur boxer, and then he'd done, um, he, he did another movie in Hawaii where he learned, like, you know, all the different stuff he, that he would use on me as growing up. But um, he put, he got rid of all the, the uh, cowboys and put in um, boxers as stuntmen. So he had a fight team. Jackie Chan came up to him at, at a thing, you know, many, many years later, and he said, I watched that show and learned so much. And he goes, I did those fights. Because what they did was they did everything from a big view, and you can't fake that. And so these pro boxers were so happy to get paid 10 times more than they were getting paid, and you just had to get clipped occasionally by my dad because they were hitting each other. But it was... You know, it was, it was pretty controlled, and they all knew each other. They go, oh, he's going to be slow, maybe roundhouse or whatever. And that show really kind of defined him for, you know, the next 30 or 40 years. He did. He was always on TV, but that was the thing. And then having that happen and be that guy growing up like that was was tricky. Yeah, because he, he had yeah. a reputation, a way to... To be a very tough guy in the real life and, yeah. and in the movies too. Yeah, well, well, it, it's funny because that character was really kind of who he was in real life, without like the train and the you know the the horses and stuff. But he he was like that, and he was surrounded by these stuntmen, so he was safe. They weren't his bodyguards, but he was out there. Um, and back then, it wasn't as litigious. There was the laws weren't. You know, if you got into a bar fight and the guy was a jerk, because they always came up and said, "I thought you were taller in real life," because he's five eight, you know, <laughs> and a quarter, and about a hundred. Like his his dry weight, because he used to cut weight, and because he used to spar, all, like all the time. All his fighters, like pros, would come in and say, "I want to get a piece of Bob Connor and see what he's like," you know. And they'd be like, "Wow!" The Goosen brothers, who had uh, Michael Nunn, one of them sent my dad a note said I couldn't chew for a week. You know, that was that was a good time, you know. <laughs> so so that was a that was a real crazy thing. And then he couldn't get work for 
um, after Wild West for a while because uh, the Holly, Hollywood didn't want him. Like they were like, this guy, you know, he's too much trouble. He knocks guys out. You can't say no to him because he might attack you. You know, they didn't know. <laughs> he was more of a businessman than anything. But um, it, it was wild. That's kind of how I found the, you know, you guys was I, I had I was given my dad's what what his sport was was fighting it, it, you know it, it's going back a little bit I know is we have a lot of kids that their parents are celebrities and they're well very successful in the movie industry entertainment industry and a lot of their kids trying to get in the same business. And, and I think the biggest thing is a lot of their kids sometimes have a lot of challenge in their personal life because who the parents were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and knowing you for quite some time, <laughs> in the early days of your high school time or even younger than that, because of your dad, people want to go, hey, that's Robert's Conrad kids. I mean, you got to go hard on him. You got I mean, they want to take whatever they have towards your father and have their kids going yeah. that way after you guys. That was, that was the, the, the funny thing was because I was always a little bit bigger, you know, like I was one of the bigger kids, you wouldn't think I would get bullied. And that's not at all what happened. I, I, they, they came at me every time I stepped on a field, every time, I, like a soccer field, like just a, any kind of sport. Um, there was some stepdad, you know, telling his stepson, you know, take a piece of that guy. And so everyone would take a cheap shot. And I remember I'd get on the field. I am like 12 or 13. But the thing is, when I was, I could throw hands when I was like eight, because that was our sport. That was what my dad, like, you know, dad throws a baseball at you or dad throws <laughs> yeah. a football in the backyard. I laced the gloves. I set the timer for three, three minute rounds. I, I put the, the um, catcher's mitts not because they didn't focus and we, we cut the thing out of catch and I hold the catcher's mitts and I have to do that and then jump rope and then and then when I got older I had to spar with him and he had this little funny helmet with the bar across it so his nose okay. wouldn't get busted and then he had a it was custom made but the chin stuck out about an inch and a half and I when I was about 14 I got reach on him and I could clip the tip of that chin and turn the helmet <laughs> sideways before you get pissed um, but so <laughs> I thought I was a mild mannered good kid and they would come at me. And my freshman year, I make a varsity football team because of my size, really. And what they do is the banner that we that the other team ran through was was my dad with, with my football number on it and a battery on the shoulder, and it said Mounties, in Montclair Mounties. <laughs> and so the pressure it, every time you're there, you know, I'm 15, I'm playing with 18, 19 year old kids, you know, and they're looking at me like, what's, what's up with you? And I go, I'm sorry, guys, it's, you know, whatever. And that kind of thing made me like a lunatic, you know, it makes you, it make you, you would be oh, so aggressive you, and yeah. so wild that everybody would be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not trying that again. Like <laughs> that guy retaliated and put me in the hospital. And so, you know, it was good for sports like football and stuff like that, but it wasn't personally, you know, a real good thing. And that's where the martial arts stuff, when I, I started, to, I was fighting when, when I met you guys. And my brother had a, had a Brazilian roommate up at Santa Barbara. And it was, it was, the Gracies were in a garage. And I was, my brother was a Muay Thai kickboxer and I, I did karate. So I did Chuck Norris uh, in, in uh, on Ventura Boulevard. And, and I had the greatest instructors, um, uh, Elvis Presley's bodyguard, um, Red West, was my first 
karate instructor. And my dad knew Red from Elvis, and then he made him one of his stuntmen. And Red would be like, let me see your spinning back kick, son. You know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to throw my liver <laughs> into my pants. And so I had all that stuff that was, that was given to me, and my dad had the opportunities. My brother comes back from, from uh, and he's 5'10", 185 pounds, and I was like 225, 223, 6'1", quarters. And um, I, could, I loved leg kicking, like chopping trees down. And, and we had a ring in our backyard. We had a heavy bag, speed bag, a peanut bag, and a um, and then a, a ring with ropes on just a the corner. Whole set up for a fight. That was <laughs> our that was our house. That's what that was our sport that we did. It's Batting cage. Up, Sometimes kids I have warm up before shower. Okay, let's go to the backyard. So he comes out. Well, he had been watching this Gracie tape in black and white. It was like a. He was fighting like this, like the gorilla man or something. And was, in action. And it was yeah. a black Speedos. You had a black yes. Speedos. So my brother comes out in the black Speedos and I'm laughing at him like, this is, I'm going to, and I'm like, you, I don't want to do this. This isn't any fun for me. You can't get even get inside, you know. Boom, single leg. He does everything to me. He chokes me, then he lets me up and he gives me an arm bar. And I was like, where is this? What is this all? I've spent the entire entirety of my life training from the age of three and it now is worthless right and so we end up in the garage and your brother was there and um he's like just wait we were a little frustrated because when you came in very professional they weren't showing you a lot like there wasn't a lot of that and i had done like i i wasn't good at i was getting thrown all the time so i went to a judo school out in um Pacoima, there's a there's a traditional Japanese wood floor judo school that's been there from the 30s. And I went there to do, you know, like I'm like, I want some throws. I need some throws. And uh, they did wax on, wax off to me for like a month, you know, fall backwards. And I was like, no, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fight. Like I wanna fight, you know. And so when I met you guys, I got um Carlos smoked. I brought it. I brought in a. I had a buddy that was in the Navy, uh, and then another guy who. And all he did was lift weights. And then I, I brought in a wrestler from. Um, uh, was you, you brought the whole group. I brought like, just to make like, sure that poor thing that you that would happen in the beginning. It was like the Wild West. Hell's Angels would come in. I, I wrestled a four hundred pound guy once. John would laugh. He'd go, "Chris, you have a training partner," and I'd be like, what? "He separated my sternum. I couldn't take a deep breath for six months." He, he and Matt Halperin, and and John would laugh because they. This was the little school. The school after you left Encino, I got the first. I got choked out by a, by a six foot two, 170 pound woman that was a basketball player. She was a firefighter, really fit in shape. And that was like my second class. And I tried to stack her, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, oh my God. So I tapped, you know, and I'm like, okay, where do I sign up? And, <laughs> and I signed up for, um, it was so cheap. And, and this, is, this is the thing that I knew, because I knew this would be happening. You know, I, I knew it because I knew where I was. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to know where you're like, this, this is real. This yeah, is real. Yeah. And, and so I met them. He, they, he couldn't, he was always quiet because I think he was just learning English, you know. He was trying well, I, had, I taught a new English then. I just have to listen and, and guess what the hell they're talking <laughs> it about. It was so great. Everything was my friend and they would tap me, you know, like it was. But um, the, what I saw was I, I went in there and I was like, wait a second, these guys are all world champs right now. And I, could you go and go up to Tyson 
and say, hey, look, I want to work on my left hook and maybe some of my footwork. You want, you know, here, here's a hundred bucks. Will you, will you train me? <laughs> right after he's, you know, he's beating everybody up. And so I had John and John Jack, because Carlos was like, he was making moves, I think. He was, he was traveling with Chuck everywhere. I was doing, um, I did uh, semi-privates for six months. And then uh, I think they got, because the guy never showed up. So I had privates with John and sometimes John Jack, but mostly John. And then John finally goes, enough. <laughs> and he, there was a bluebell in the corner of the room, you know, and he gave it to me. He goes, you got to go into the open class now. Because <laughs> he didn't know, he thought two guys are going to be working, you know, not, not him, me on top of him, you know, <laughs> like fresh, full of bee pollen. I'm ready to go, <laughs> you know. And let me ask you this, Chewie's. How is it growing up when you're young with your dad? And like you just mentioned, answer the phone calls, people kind of challenge him or because of his the way he was and, and call so much attention. How is that for you seeing all these famous people and and having all these people surround you? How is I, I got to see some of it was normal and some of it wasn't. The men that I liked the most and the ones that I was the closest connected to were, um, he hired all these old boxers and I had a guy that watched me. It was like that. I liked those guys. And I would meet men and I'd be like, oh, that's Ken Norton. That's the pro. And I'd shake their hand. And I'd be like, oh my God, it's like a club. Yeah. And I was shaking his hand and I'm like, that's the hand that broke Muhammad yeah, Ali's yeah, jaw. Because I knew those things as a kid. Yeah. Because I was being exposed to it. We used to go to the Olympic Auditorium, and the thing had come down, and the guy would do the, and and, this, and, and I was like eight or nine, and I'd be going with this pro fighter and this guy and, and this, this person. And I got to see mostly the tough guys of the different, like FBI agents that got into a shot a shootout, you know, like for some reason they were there. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this? And then mob guys. And so... I was aware that I wasn't, I could pay full attention because I wasn't awestruck, right? Because most of the time they were are awestruck of my dad, see? Because, and that's the crazy thing about Hollywood is that's a part, you know, that's not, that's, that's not the man. You're the man. Like, you're the guy that won the thing. Like, he, he's won a lot of things, you know? <laughs> and then they hand it back and they go, okay, let's do another take. So, so it was real odd for me. And so my... The people that I looked up to the most were sports figures because they owned, they owned their thing. Like they won that I felt thing. They're, they're real. It wasn't given to them. It yeah, wasn't. And, yeah. and listen, these guys are all talented. The, the actors that I met, and some of them were really cool. Like the guy after doing Easy Rider drove up in his heart in his chopper and ran it into the block wall of my mom's house. And I remember looking at it for like a year, thinking, when is that thing going to get going to get fixed? And Dennis Hopper, like. My dad knew all those guys, and the ones that he was closest to were more of like the street, like the real ones, you know, the ones that were, because he was that way. He was a very blue-collar guy. Um, he, his education was only in the ninth grade, but he ended up doing a business and having that thing. So I would meet, I remember the guys from Dragnet had dinner at our house one night, and I watched all those shows, like... Um, Dragnet. It, well, so that there he is. There's the guy. That's the guy from. And there's his partner. And they're like, I'm like, why aren't you in a car? Like racing around, and we're eating, and 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 everyone wanted to talk to me, 
and because I was a little kid. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? I would meet bullfighters and stuff. My mom had an infinity. She loved bullfighting, which is really probably politically very incorrect now. But she went to Spain like by herself to go to the bullfights. But um, I remember a few times being in the room and looking around going, this is crazy. Like, there's Sean Connery. There's this other guy. Like, these are icons, you know. And they're just normal people. And because I was younger... I was able to, like, I got to hang out with Pappy Boynton, who was the most decorated World War II. Well, not, you know, I mean, he got the Congressional Medal of Honor. And he, that was what the, his television series was about, Black Sheep Squadron. And, you know, I'm a kid, so I could just go up and go, hey, what's up? <laughs> how many, how many, I got seven chaps before the start of the war, but they only gave me credit for five. And I go, tell me of that. <laughs> and, you know, you're 13 years old and you're being able to ask some guy these questions. So that was something I took advantage of because I kind of knew where I was. And that was because my mom, I didn't live with my dad. He would blow in and it was always super tumultuous. And it was real wild. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, the, the crazy stuff, not so much. Because you, you also... Did a lot of movies. You were I, involved, yeah, I did. and I saw also, if I'm not wrong, you you coordinate a lot of the fights in your dad's movies that he did. Yeah, yeah. So, so what what happened was that's the family business. That's what you do. Like, and I and I, it sounds horrible. It sounds like I don't appreciate because a lot of people want to be there, but if you don't want to be there, it, you can't you can't fix it. You got to go. Well, wait a second. I I just don't want. I'm not comfortable with this, but. So it was a really good job, and you got paid way too much money for what it was. And I ended up, you know, doing some television series, and I ended up doing some movies, like some B movies and stuff like that. And I would always go towards the action stuff because I didn't want to say dialogue, and I wasn't good at it because I didn't like it. Like I wasn't happy to do it, um, but I liked doing the stunts, so I became a stunt man for years and years. One, the insurance was great, and I was having six kids. <laughs> so it was like, I got to keep... I think when I met you, you have only one. I told John when that I was having my first kid, and she's having her two-year-old's birthday party today. She's almost 28. And I told that John was the first guy, because my wife told me before I, I stepped out of the, the thing, and I said, I'm going to have a baby. And he's like, oh, good for you, you know, like... <laughs> And I was like, this is crazy. And, and that's how I know the timeline of things. Because I was like, yeah, it was the first guy I told. So, but, um, yeah. And, 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 yeah, then I noticed that you try and, um, but you felt that, I don't know, wasn't something that you, you, you want to do or pursue. Yeah. But I saw a lot of things that you did, man. You, you did a bunch of th stuff. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. How was that transition from, kind of a step back from that industry and it, said, you know what, in a way, I want to be a normal guy. It, it I don't want to be... A, it was, I'll tell you what happened. We were set up to do this. It was like, this is a family, like the family Von Trapp, right? Like this, you guys are all going to sing because we sing, right? And, and, my, and so my dad, who was a really good business guy, was like, look, I got all this free labor here. These are all my kids. <laughs> I'm going to put them to work. So... <laughs> So I, you know, I started in there, but I had seen the underside of the industry. I had seen the underside of it. And so I was like, I don't have the, the intestinal fortitude and character to stay the straight line. I did, a, I did a movie in Atlanta, Georgia, that I was like the star of, right? And I didn't know anything. I, I, I walked out of college. I did like crazy things. I took a year off and I, I 
because I had made artificial money, because I thought it was being like artificial, you know, because someone pays you a huge amount of money and you work for four weeks saying dialogue and just kind of make sure that you have a six pack, you know, you're just like, I feel kind of guilty. So I went and I went spearfishing for like a year and it worked with the Zodiac and I lived like a bohemian. And then I would gear up and I'd go back and I'd do like a show and stuff. And, and, I, and I had the work and I could see the progression. I knew it was going to still happen. Um, I got turned down a lot. Um, I worked for PM Entertainment, and they did all the Van Damme, and they did a lot of martial arts, and I could kick back then. I remember John used to tease me because we used to do a lot of stand-up stuff in the beginning because there was no insurance. Need, no one had anything to lose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, so these guys would come in and go, they, it was have, unbelievable, the guys. Have, I don't know if it was your brother was there, and I th think we have one guy that ended up breaking his arm in one of the classes or he, dislocated his shoulder uh, or something in, in, back in Redondo Beach. Yeah, yeah, no, there was stuff happening. The tournaments were because just crazy. People like, come in, they just want to fight. Oh, and they would, they would hand them. They laughed. <laughs> they'd, they'd go, John, John would go, that's a Krav Maga guy. And they would try and poke you in the eye. I got bitten by by one by Pac-Man. So, because there were crazy guys would come in, and because it was like UFC one, UFC two. Yeah, they just want to come in and uh, and they call. And just, I want to challenge you guys in this jungle fight. They want to try the system. They would say they'd come in and they go. I want to like. I remember um, there was ninjutsu guys that would come in and do pressure point stuff. You know, <laughs> or or um, the the. The Hawaiian bone breaking. That was those were the scariest guys I'd ever seen. And they would come into the studio because it was like new. It was like there's this thing. It's like magic. You can learn it. And I remember the Brazilian this six 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 the Brazilian guy from um, the Hell's Angels. He's probably still the head if he's alive, you know. And and there and I'm like training with him, going, Is he gonna bite my nose off? Is he gonna stab <laughs> me with the shank he's got hidden between his cheeks? I don't know. You know, it's scary. Yeah. And. Uh, but but that was uh, I don't know how I got off track with that, but that was that was really fun stuff. The, the yeah. transitioning. You, you you asked me about the transition. I, I avoided a little bit. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Hardest thing I ever done in my life. I went from being a, a wealthy kid who had the opportunity to train with anybody and do whatever, who was set up in a pipe to have a certain amount of monetary success. And I didn't want to do it, and I didn't want to do it. I felt uncomfortable. Stunts were fine because I could ride the horse and I could slide yeah, off the thing feel or yourself. I could catch the guy. Yeah, you, know? you can feel yourself. But the other stuff was so uncomfortable for me. I just didn't feel it, it, putting makeup on me, and it was like putting nylons on. Like I was like, I got to get out of this room. And, and everybody lies to you and tells you that you're the greatest thing in the world, you know, so you can lose your sense of yourself real quick. So... I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? I want to make furniture with the Amish. Like when I started training with these guys, I had transitioned and I was broke. I had some money that I put in land, but I didn't have anything outside a baby. I married a wife who was really successful and she quit. She's like, okay, support me. And I'm like, I'm training five days a week. Like, and I didn't train like one hour. These poor guys had to stay. They were always trying to get yeah. away. You're like, I got to drive. <laughs> Just leave the lights on. I just got four more guys here. And, uh, and so we, um, I became a carpenter and like, a, I made furniture. I went from, I'll tell you the numbers. I went from $16,800 a week to 400. And all that money was stolen from me by family members later on. And so 
I had to start again. And I and back then you have your wife and one child. Wife and one child, yeah. And so I I I got it down for a house and I moved into it and it was like a dump. And this is when I was training with you guys and I would work but, all day. But you know what? I never felt you lost the sense of every class we had. You always have fun. You always had. I loved it. And I think that was that was a good combination for that particular moment in your life. And it was therapy. I, it I felt come, like free. I've come back like 30 times, 20 times. What would happen was I, I trained like really hard for like a year. And then I would fall off the map and I would work, I'd do whatever I was doing. And then I would just breeze through the door and I'd hear Mr. Conrad. <laughs> I'd be like, what up, baby? I was a blue belt for 20 or a John Jack Machado one because I got other belts from other schools, but I don't acknowledge those because I watched belt integrity disappear in the other martial arts. And the only place that it's real still is the lineage of who it comes from. You guys get uncomfortable because I'm talking about how great you are. The lineage that you, like I had the opportunity to find the best in the world. Like I had an unlimited, at the time, I had an unlimited checkbook and the desire and the ability to go after it. Like I took kickboxing from this guy, I took this from this guy. And then when I met the brothers, I was like, these guys aren't just cool and the best in the world at this. They're freakishly good and they're my friends. These guys are my friends. Like I, I, I and, and I would hate to leave because it was the best therapy you could have because you sit in, up against the wall and you're talking to a guy who's a deputy sheriff, SWAT guy, and then there's another guy who's a doctor, and then there's some young kids that are coming in because they want to be the toughest it, guys in the world, you know? It's incredible the diversity we have in a jiu-jitsu school. Until today, I mean, you have everything you can imagine training right next to then we don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. many people don't know who you, who you were. Yeah, yeah. And now they do. Yeah. And when I say, oh, and some of the older guys, oh, his dad was Robert Cole. What? Yeah. And yeah. they feel... I'm really? the dad now. I'm the dad of the four boys. <laughs> I just remember when you came in, I and I asked Jean Jacques. I'm like, "Oh, we have a new student." And he's like, Jean Jacques goes, "No, he he's not new." He goes, "You see all those men with him? Those are his sons." And the last time I trained him, none of them were around. <laughs> yeah. And then what sold it was you have, and, and if I were you, I would have him sign it and I'd put it on the wall. But you have that. The, 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 num, the, the, num, the number one gi. So let me, let me I'm going <laughs> to yeah. hijack all of your stories. Yeah, you still that, have it. I yeah. still have. So here's the, th that thing, to, and I have the first tournament t-shirt that in, exi in existence and my name is on the back. Yeah, Dude, sweet. that thing is super cool. I'm going to get all the brothers to sign it. I didn't ever train with Roger, but I'm going to make him sign it too. And I'm putting it in a picture box and it's going in my gym. You, you got to understand, Christian met us right on the beginning of our journey here in the U.S. The We're talking about beginning. 90, 91, 92. I mean, I, I couldn't speak English. You couldn't speak English. And I see you guys talking to me. Believe that I understand <laughs> because you're laughing, I'm laughing, and you stop laughing, I stop laughing. Then I go on my broad like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah. I keep asking them to translate. Yeah. I was the quiet guy. Yeah. But this is amazing is since we met you, I met you, you never change. You always have that happy spirit, yeah. even though a lot of challenge in your life. Um, I got my nickname here from Matt Halperin. 
because I would do, I, he would say, oh, lightning war is coming. And I go, no, no. And he goes, well, you're really smiley. He goes, when smiley starts really giggling, he goes, you're in real trouble. And because I, I love it. Like, I love doing this. And, and the fact that I found the, the place, the quality of individuals here are different from any other place I've ever been. And I want to interrupt. I send my kids here. My oldest, my boys have to come and train here. That's part of our... That's, that's the point I want to get with you is we know a lot of people come and train jiu-jitsu, but not, not all of them feel the jiu-jitsu get into their lives in the best way possible. Oh. And I think to you, the experience that you have on yourself, the, the good change that you felt become you again and be happy and and be, be very successful in what you do today. Yeah. I mean, Christian built, I don't know what this guy cannot build. He can yeah. build anything. <laughs> I mean, I know and uh, I see the things that he's done and I see him looking to something in the house like, Jen Jack, if you do this and, all right, go ahead and do it. It's, it's amazing the creativity that you have. But what made you felt, like you just mentioned, and, and it's something that I wanted people to hear that from you. You said something to me the other day that we have a very busy life here. We work a lot. You have a big, you have, I don't know how many people live in your land with you. Yeah. You have your kids and you have the 12. And you have the 12 wow. people living in all amazingly happy. Yeah. And the thing is, you said something before all of this happened that stuck with me was one of the best times of your day was the time that you drive in the car with all of your kids inside and takes an hour sometimes or more or less to get to the academy. Yeah. And you go on the way in, then you go on the way back. Yeah. And you felt in a way that an incredible connection with your kids. It, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's, I, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I, so my son Duke, when he was about 16, was, man, a guy, he, He's going to listen to this, so I got to be careful of the different things I said. But he's very efficient. Yes. At and and um, you know boxing and and you know hitting, hitting hitting guy with a straight right hand is far more violent and vicious than submitting somebody and controlling them. It's also what it gives you is unbelievable confidence. It changes who you are as a man because fear is removed of physical contact with other people you get a confidence you have something it 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 makes you better as as a human being and so i sent my son here i interviewed i hadn't you didn't see me in years i oh. and i i show <laughs> i it's funny because uh, it's very common in brazil if we're family members or friends of yours um i have people that i haven't talked in 10 years suddenly see him it feels like yesterday yeah and I have that semi feeling like that with you. Yeah. Because we, we have years that you skip and you work and you have a lot of things that you've done, then suddenly you yeah. pop him again. And it's it feels like it like, never changed. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Hey, great. It's like last time I saw you was last week. Yeah. And yeah. we're talking about five, six years ago. Yeah. And here we are. And yeah. Well, I brought, so I brought my son Duke, and I think he trained for about six months every day. And he came, he would come home because he'd leave at school. And so he'd Zoom at three and then he'd stay. He would come home at about eight or nine o'clock at night because it was an hour drive, you know, or more, but, but a long drive, not traffic, yes. right? And so he, um, 
would say to me, I'm dreaming about this. I dream about moves. And I go, yeah, you will. Just wait. And he's and because it's a chess game that we play. It's every 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 role is uh, is is it's not I'm mean, just not trying to bang a guy. I'm doing four things to to get to one and I'm going to fake that one out. It didn't turn out the way I wanted. I need two other things. And and it's there's nothing like it and the physicality that it brings. But the thing that I wanted was the respect. And that's when I met your family and I was so what I do is I take from the best people I know. And I I, I saw how your brothers interacted and in a very heady business. You show up and you're the guys are the best in the world and you don't you're not fighting your part. And then you were always with your cousins like this is my family. And, and I was like, wow, man, this guy, these guys have figured this out. And that, that, that the unity and then also the being able to be competitive and, and still love each other. My kids bang each other. And then they, they laugh and they go, oh, you caught me with that. I didn't see that coming, you know. And we, they had that conversation. But I knew I had such good results with Duke. He calmed down. He became immediately respectful to me. And I'll tell you why, because I knew some of the old guys would still be around. And I knew when they saw me, they'd be like, oh, man, that's Conrad. He's awesome. He's fun. This guy's great. And then to have someone of John Jack's stature go, hey, this is my friend. And the kids are like, dad, what? And I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> and so he became respectful. When the boys got to the age where they could, they weren't kids, but they could roll with men, I brought them all in. And the driving back and forth, because they go over the game. Oh, did you wrestle with that guy, the guy with the bald head? Oh, man, is he good? Oh, he put me in at this, and are we doing this? And, and we talk the whole way, and we eat, and we come home. And then in the morning, they're like, oh, I'm sore. I caught that knee, you know, or whatever. And now we're, the, the three boys are starting again, and what's happened is there's, they, they, they're like, Oh, you got to get ready. We're going. And they jump in the car together. It's the greatest thing that they can do. And they'll do that, the unity and the stuff. And everybody's game's different, you know, and they're in different weight classes and they're different. So it really is playing out. It's if the greatest you, thing yeah, I've ever done. Yeah, yeah sure. watching them train, I feel the support they have for each other. Mm -hmm. And I saw in the classes, they just go and help each other. You know, we got to do this. And the yeah. guy showed me that. And it becomes very... But the school itself, the men here, that your instructors, and every student is an instructor here. They everybody helps you. They all go along and they say, "Do this, try this." We, that was really good. Yeah, we realize we passed that point of or challenge, or you have to go hard with this guy or that guy, and we passed that point a long time ago. We yeah. want to make sure that jujitsu does have an impact like that to yeah. to make all of us better. Yeah, yeah. I, the times in my life. And it's funny because you've got to see, and, and I took a lot of the words of wisdom, man, a few words sometimes. <laughs> when I was working with you at, at, the, at the house, you would say things to me and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. Because you've seen me. I came in all jet setty, and I was broke. I used to trade um, furniture and stuff. Like I had my parents' furniture, John. You think when man. He, that was funny because I got a call from my brother John said, "Man, and uh, we're having my student. His his mom moved in the house or sold the house. He has the furniture and not sure what to do. And uh, I need some furniture for the house. And John's house has no furniture. And man, here I am going to his house somewhere in the city, <laughs> such uphill. 
And uh, and here we go. It's like, man, I saw a couch. I don't know how many people could sit there. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah, 30 yeah. people. It's like, John, that's not going to fit in your house. And <laughs> John's like, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. There's a couch that was like 25 feet long. And went, this was all oh, custom wow. made furniture. Then they loaded it all up and then the car broke down. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of being a couple hours, it's all day. And uh, I, I get beat by his dog on my ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, that dog Sorry is, about that. Is vicious. <laughs> Sorry about that, John. That was so, so funny. But, but the amazing thing is, I, I never felt you change in, 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 in a way we just the same way we spoke though back like 20 some 30 years ago still the same right now yeah. but the, the biggest difference now you have a lot of people you have a lot of kids now yeah well my, my business uh, I, I would pop in I would leave because um, I was getting hurt back then it was a little wild um, in the early days and because of my size, everyone went full blast. Yeah, and, and the mentality hard. because of the UFC, people just want to learn how to fight. I said, no, first you learn jujitsu. Yeah. Then oh, it was you hard. Learn how to fight. My shoulder and, and, and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, I'd be like, I'm out for like three months. And then I'd come back and I'd go slow. Eddie Bravo. Go, go, my shoulder's a little bad. And his ankle is kind of, what, what are you doing? You <laughs> wipe out. I'm going to bend you. And then the next thing you know, I'm tapping. And then I got three phone calls on the way home. I heard Eddie tapped you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. Um, but I got to, I, I would come back when I needed to mentally because I was setting businesses up and I started to become successful. And it was harder because everything, I had things I could lose now. Like I, I was in a business where we were specking real estate and doing, like putting it all on the table. Like I'm risking everything for this. And, um, and then I'm like, I'm going to go wrap somebody up. <laughs> but it wouldn't be that. It would be that talk afterwards in yeah. the locker room. Or it would be the guy saying, well, how come we don't see you anymore? Conrad, man, you're fun. I, I, I go, I want to get you on your back and watch you tataruga. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that ain't going to happen. So that camaraderie is the thing, is really the thing. And then the stability of the temperament and the stability of everybody that it, because because the school is like the person you know it just that's how it is and same with the lineage of that because you train that in that's as important as the that's why my kids are there and they're not they're not here to bang they're not here to learn how to, they can fight but they're here to get what a fighter has to have is the the self-discipline and the control and the temperament yeah because i've never seen that in anybody else except you know they're champions. That's how you do it. That's how you do and, it. And, and we never noticed that. It's, it's literally how we learn. And we always learned that jiu-jitsu was a way for us to break a wall. Yeah. To get into the person without making them feel you're mm -hmm. invading my space or anything. Oh, one very common thing. Sometimes I see people that they're just heavy. Yeah. And to me, I just come up. It's like, man, if you lose like five pounds, your jiu-jitsu is going to be amazing. Oh. But the reality is, the jiu-jitsu will be good, but your life will be good. You understand? I think the jiu-jitsu is a way of me that I learned from prior generations, my cousins, my uncles, just to get people to do the best thing for them, yeah. not feeling anything's wrong with them. Yeah. yeah. And that improvement in jiu-jitsu will improve your life in anything else you want to do. When I came back, 
It was like about a year ago because the pandemic and all that stuff. I know you got a lot thinner now. I sir. lost forty-six <laughs> pounds. I lost wow. forty-six pounds. I was two sixty-five. It was two. I my weight when I was training with you guys was two twenty-eight, and I would cut to two oh eight, and they'd give me five, so I could fight at two oh three or train at two oh three, because I never wanted to be in the open class because those they were. Like yeah, sumo wrestlers and shit. Yeah. Can they find somebody 200 pounds heavier than you? It's like, oh, you, you okay. just couldn't do it. So I would try and hit there and I could never get there. But I, I, I told my wife, I was dropping like healthy five. The, it's the most painful thing I've ever done the first three months because I went off, I came off the couch. I was drinking beer like a lot. I, I became one of those guys that got broken down, like the, the contractor, real estate developer who doesn't have to go to work in the morning. So he sits in his chair. And I was drinking a lot of wine. And one of the guys is like, and I said, oh, I had a, I had a beer at lunch. And he was like, I can smell it. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, because <laughs> it, it was like, you're being challenged here. And you were always on me about my diet back 30 years ago. And um, in tournaments back then, everybody was being, and you knew a guy was good if he had all these sponsorships. And you knew which one they were. And so they was like that. The, I remember, you know, the tap out guys and the patches and bad boy and all that stuff. And so I made fun of them. By get, I got Winchell's donut uh, uh, patch from uh, a hat, you know, and I got a McDonald's one and I put them on my butt, you know, because everyone had them on their butt. And I didn't have a uh, jujitsu. I wouldn't have disgraced the Machado brothers with that, you know, but I had like a goof key because everybody was getting all serious about, you know, they, they patches everywhere from all the different sponsorships. And I was like, oh, man, come on. I, I used to but, tell the students, like, man, uh, you have patch at home for anything you you get it for military or whatever it is, stop putting patches on your gear. Then the other guy doesn't know you. He's like, oh, my God, that yeah. must be good. So many sponsors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're not paying attention. Like, what? Winchell's Donuts? Yeah, but, but your diet. I got this in a boy's Cotton is to put on my gears. I had like a hockey patch on there, <laughs> Canadian hockey patch, a bunch of other stuff on there, and everyone's like, "What is what? What's Conrad doing?" I'm like, "I'm having fun." I got the first gi, that that, that thing that I'm going to do, because you guys weren't. They there wasn't any business thing there. It was like you had schools in Brazil, right? But there, you had a logo. I took a Polaroid picture of their logo, and I knew a silk screener guy, and so I made a couple T-shirts, and then and I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble. Like, do I give you a licensing fee because I, I use them? And I put it on two geese, and then like the next week, you had the banner, the, the patch, the patch, yeah. and you handed the patch out to everybody, and I was like, ah, but, good. But yeah, give us the original one. Yeah, and you gotta remember, back in the early '90s, uh, no manufacturer. We made gi no. specific for jiu-jitsu. No, I had to get those judo ones and have them cut and, yeah. and taper. Baggy and the sizes were never right. It's always yeah. extremely, I mean, a lot of material for it to hold on. They were like blankets. <laughs> I used to do my yard work. I lived across the street from Jamie Foxx in Tarzana. And I had this, I bought this junkie house and I used to do my yard work. I had, I had. Uh, mats in the back and a ring and I had a, a chair because I did at-risk youth and I had a and they they loved me because they were like this guy has the magic like he knows how to do things do you you know <laughs> and and I had a chair in the back and on the weekends I'd have these at-risk youth kids come in and I would do enter the dragon and so like I sat in a um, volleyball chair with like five or six of my buddies and we would eat sausage and drink beer and I go okay chambered punching only you against you, you know, and these kids would, and they had a blast. No one got hurt, but Jamie Foxx, I would do my, um, 
my yard work in a gi, like in a kimono gi, you know? <laughs> they call me the crazy white guy. They go, they're the guys, <laughs> watch out for that guy. But I, I always loved doing that stuff because to me it was fun. Um, you know, because <laughs> you guys take yourself too seriously. Sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and we need more of that. Yeah. And, and and back in the days, as a kid with your dad, any any funny stories that happened that near the house suddenly you see all this. <clears throat> oh, what's going on we, here? We <clears throat> so it was always like that when my dad would show up. We, like we would shoot guns in the backyard. We lived in Encino <laughs> and we would blame it on Richard Pryor and Richard Pryor lived behind us and they the police would come up, you know, and they would be hassling Richard Pryor and my dad's like, put the guns away. <laughs> so we're in Encino. Yeah. Shooting shoot bow and arrows and stuff like that. But my dad's stuff was always like, like, I just could never believe it was happening. You know, like I would be like, is this because there were I the fun, the things that were real interesting were the bar fights, because you can't do that stuff anymore because everyone goes to jail. Everyone. Go, and these weren't like guys getting destroyed. These are guys. Some guy cracks off. Another guy does this. The girlfriend says, well, he's cute. And then the boyfriend comes up and then then three guys are getting punched and the chairs are getting broken over somebody. And I'd be and I was always like, this is just like in the movies. Like, this is exact, because I'm like 13 years old, I'm over by the Pong machine, drinking a Shirley Temple, you know, and there's a bar fight. And so there were, those kind of stories were really funny, but the funniest parts were, I would run into people later that would tell me there was a, my dad got out of a, out of a car, um, he was late for the airport, and he, he got out of his car and got his bag, and some guy cut him off, and the guy said something, and my dad ran over, and, they, and he, he hit him, and the guy went out, and he got in the cab, and he drove away. And the next week, I was with my dad, and the sky captain came up, and he goes, he goes, hey, Mr. Conrad, how are you doing? And and, he, and uh, my dad goes, I'm doing great. He goes, uh, there was, did you see a guy last week? He said it looked awful like you, but he said he was about 40 years old. He knocked that guy out. It was the thing I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm 55. Here's 100 bucks. <laughs> you go away. <laughs> and so those were the, those were like, those are really kind of wild, and they wouldn't be because I met guys like this before. And one of them goes, "See this chip right here? That's from your dad. I got out of line." And and I was like, "Wow, you know, he wasn't because people weren't legal then. They didn't want to come after you, and they they weren't like you know if a guy was out of line and he was drunk or something. And there wasn't this level of violence that happens now. So it was a softer time that way. But um, everything he did was funny. I I was stranded in a boat once because he ran into ground. I'm in the Bahamas. I'm thinking, do I swim for the island? Do I not? And he's off with the girlfriend. And, and I'm like, he forgot that I'm here in this boat, you know? And and so I had, and, and I, I had every time my mom would say, you have to go see your dad. You have to go see your dad. And I'm like, oh God, you know, what, what am I going to do? And when I would see him, he'd say, how are the tough, how are the mean streets of Encino treating you? This is what you always say to me. How are the mean streets of Encino treating you, you know? And um, he goes, did you wash the cars? And and I would have to do wax on, wax off with the limousines and all the stuff. And everybody thought I was his helper boy. And then when I was 16, I was his driver. I was his limo driver. I picked him up at the airport. I picked him up things. He would do business. All the business was done at, at restaurants. So I would be at this restaurant until 2 in the morning. And... You know, sometimes those guys would drink until two, and then there'd be a little hostility, and guys would say stuff like, 
uh, you know, I'd take care of you if you didn't have your bodyguard standing behind you. And I and my dad would be like, my son, you can't crack an egg. You're in trouble, buddy. You know, and then they'd, they'd go at it. And I'd be like, this was so there was it was funny to me. You know, it was funny to me. But he 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 every day was like that every day. You know, so you know, stuff like that happening all the time. Let me ask you this, too. Is uh, that's a easy question for you. Who is Chris Conrad? Oh, oh, that changes. That changes all the time. It depends on the environment. Um, who, who? It's I'm the journey, really. I'm the journey that I've made. I'm a dad. That's the first thing. It's the most important thing you're, I've ever you're done. You're grandpa too, right? I'm a grandpa too already. Grandpa, I like going in there. I'm coming back, by the way, Jay. I'm coming back. Oh. <laughs> I'm coming back. You know, I'm, I'm hitting the mat again. I'm gonna I'm gonna work that grandpa off me. <laughs> But, uh, I, you know, I'm a guy that chose, I didn't, I chose the, the harder paths. I, 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 and I did it because I knew I wasn't strong enough. I knew I picked my, I picked the fights right. I think as far as my, my life, I married someone that I didn't deserve who was better than me in every way. And I didn't treat her the way I should have. I'm doing it now though. I, I got too busy. I got too caught up with, um, succeeding. You know, and my kids for a little bit of time. I'm I'm back now. See, that's the thing. I had 10 years that were they weren't dark. I was making really good money. It was really driving hard, um, but I lost focus. I lost uh, the things that were most important to me. I knew they were there. I had them in my back pocket. So I said, I'm going to go. You know, I'm, I don't have to put as much work in because I I. Uh, You know, I'm doing stuff. I'm doing this for them. And the things that, that my family wanted are like what we're doing now. Like I, I'm rolling jujitsu with my kids. I'm, I'm, my wife wants to go kayaking with me, you know, in the morning. And she's like, you used to fish in the ocean all the time. And I go, yeah, it's four hours. I got to put the thing on. I don't like to get cold anymore because I'm 56 years old. I got to do this thing. And she's like, I just want to canoe with you. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So um, I'm a guy that's changing. I'm, I'm changing and I want to maintain the smiley because I, I know where I am. And I, I don't think to me you, you ever changed since the first time I met you for inspection back in the early days that we knew who your father was and you, you back those days you actually were doing movies and doing a lot of stuff, yeah. but you never kind of treat anybody different, became no. our good friends. And that's why we know each other for, I don't know, 30 years or 30 so. 30 years, yeah. And again, met you, you have no child. You announced your first child to us. Hey, we're going to have a baby. Like, wow. Now we have lots of kids. But I felt like uh, you, you were always someone who always handed to help and giving. You're a giving person. I always uh, noticed that on you. Yeah. You always have a lots of friends and uh, you never change since the day one, as you treat us as a friend, yeah. it's just got even better. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I don't know, Christine, hopefully all these years, and I, I think Jiu Jitsu and you to me is one of the students that I can see clearly yeah. how Jiu Jitsu had that impact on your life. And I hope for all the other students that we have to get that same understanding that you that you do now your second generation your kids are doing and I know the grandkids oh, will be doing. My grandkids got the gear already. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> But I I tell everyone I'm like you know when you first signed back up, I'm like you know who scares me more than anything, a guy with a gear like that. 
Because that's a guy that's just the old school jujitsu pressure smash mount finish. Yeah. Yeah. You, go, you go with him first, Mark. You go with him first. I, I'll I'll watch and I'll, I'll go. Yeah, with yeah, him. yeah. Well, uh, the free Taylor style of jujitsu I don't do anymore. Do you remember free, yeah, the yeah, neck, yeah. neck crank champion of the world? The submission was just the thing. <laughs> so, but uh, you know what's funny is all those guys all have schools now. They, all the guys I used to train with, they're all, and, and, and like people look at, well, like a guy like um, Eddie Bravo, that guy's a Hall of Fame jiu-jitsu guy. And I, I remember when he was coming in and he wore the shower cap with yes. the thing because he had the long hair and everything. And you're going, wow, but look at what this, this sport does. And it's, it's something that you can do. Like I, I'm 56 years old. I've had five knee surgeries. My, I don't have an L5 in my back. I have 20% of it. My neck, they want to fuse it. And it doesn't matter. You can train jujitsu. I train jujitsu, and I, you know, like I was using the pillow the first three months, but once I got back, I'm, I'm. It's the best feeling that I've had in 25 years. I lost the weight. I can move, um, but my my style, my game has changed. It is so different because you can't be explosive when you're. You can't do certain things. We have, as the time goes by, we have to get smart about how so, we. How yeah. we apply our game? Yeah, yeah, just like you said, you're evolving. That's that's all it is. Your 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 strength leaves you, which is humbling for me. I play I play <laughs> I play uh, lacrosse still, old man lacrosse. I play in over forty. I'm not going in the over fifty ever. I'm I'm going <laughs> to stay in the over forty because the guys are still competitive. But you know, you go. Oh, I can't run out after that guy because he's 41 years old and I'm 55. And he, if he gets past me, you know, it's going to look bad, you know. And my game here now is um, it's I have to be technical and I have to be. Yeah, uh, I know a lot more patience. Take your time. and I, Yeah, I have to go, okay, now I got to. It's a chess game now. See, before it was like. I'm going to hit this guy so hard on the throw. He's not going to be able to open up and, and you know, and smiling. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. But you can't, I can't do that. And you've got guys here that are so good. Everybody here is so good. Because I've trained other places. I've been everywhere. And the reason I did that is I couldn't afford. When I started with them, I was a couple years, three years probably. And then, and then if you were a good blue belt, you could go anywhere and and trade, you know, like I, I would go to the Jet Center and I'd work the stuff there and the guys would be like, oh, Conrad's here. You know, well, let's roll. Let's turn the, turn the front lights off and we'll roll for two hours. And I did that because I couldn't afford it. I used to go to wrestling places because I couldn't get mat time. Cause, and then Jacqueline came in and straightened the business out. And I was like, I can't trade a shotgun for a month of jujitsu. What are you talking about? This poor guy has trinkets for me, you know? <laughs> Because so, I, you know, you were doing your thing, and I'm trying to build a business, and I, so I'd sneak off for two hours, you know, every I, I would do that, and then I'd disappear, and then I'd come back. Yeah, but I, I never felt that you left. No, you always I just go and have to taking care of your family and do a lot of the things in the business, and I know whenever you have a chance to feel that jujitsu will kind of bring you back to where you want to be. Yeah, and uh, man, here we are, thirty yeah. years later. Yeah. Christian, I don't think you you change anything in terms of who you are. You're still smiling every single class, and uh, we chat. And he has this guy has so many stories from oh. behind the scenes and how the things that he saw. He he, he kind of lived his life, and but I'm glad, man, that you never left us and uh, back here. And uh, 
Well, thank you for being here today, man. Oh, thank you that so was, uh, much. So much fun. It's so much fun. I can't tell you what this has done for my life. And and being able, being given this gift, see, and and I, I knew where I was. See, that was the awesome thing about it. I'm like, these guys, and they were awesome guys. Like, I'm like, these guys are awesome. I'm going to totally learn this. This is going to be a lifestyle thing. And then I have kids, and it's even better because now I have a arena at home. And I get to watch top quality jujitsu. That's funny because it reminds us the brothers have mats at home, and man, we need to sweat to take a shower. Then you go in the room and mats on the bedroom and train, <laughs> put the mats back up, put the mattress down, and yeah. shower time. And now you actually live in that, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Christian Conrad, man, thank you very much for share a little bit yeah a little bit we're gonna have or well, definitely gonna have back and with many more stories about a lot of things that i know and i did not ask you today but i'm gonna ask you next oh time. yeah you've got a lot you have an i used i use john jack is my therapist for 30 years and so i would tell him the, some of the wildest things you would ever behind the scene things and i knew it, everything was always safe you know it was always safe so. sorry may, maybe next time i'll let it go some of them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> thank you very much thank well, you thank you guys. all right everyone uh man i can't wait and uh have chris back again thank you sir see you soon